Let me invite you to open your Bibles this evening to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 19. In this book of Deuteronomy, we find the Israelites camped near the end of their wilderness wanderings on the east side of the Jordan River, poised finally to enter into the land of promise. But before they enter, and before he himself goes to be with the Lord, Moses has some teaching to do. Moses, before they enter, undertakes, chapter 1, verse 5, to expound God's law. And he does so, the commentators point out, because this is a new generation of Israelites who are about to cross over the Jordan and who need to hear and to hold fast the words and ways of God for themselves. And among the things that Moses says to them are these prophetic words here in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 19. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, From your countrymen, you shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Let me not see this great fire any more, or I will die. The Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. So, Father, um, the words of this prophet about whom Moses speaks here are serious words, and all your words are serious, including these words about this prophet tonight. So help us to hear and to hear well what you say about your prophet, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. There were, among the Old Testament people of God, three great offices of leadership. There were prophets who spoke for God. There were priests who mediated between God and men. And there were kings who ruled for God. Three great offices in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And the Christian church has widely recognized that Christ fulfills in himself all three offices in relation to his people. Christ Jesus is our prophet. Christ Jesus is our priest. And Christ Jesus is our king. The Westminster Shorter Catechism puts it like this in questions 23 through 26. What offices doth Christ execute as our redeemer? Christ, as our redeemer, executeth the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his estate of humiliation and exaltation. How does Christ execute the office of a prophet? 
Christ executed the office of a prophet in revealing to us by his word and spirit the will of God for our salvation. How doth Christ execute the office of a priest? Christ executed the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. How doth Christ execute the office of a king? Christ executeth the office of a king in subduing us to himself, in ruling and defending us, and in restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. The Heidelberg Catechism, speaking of Christ, puts those same truths as follows in its 31st question. Why is he, Jesus, called Christ, that is, anointed? Because he is ordained of God the Father and anointed with the Holy Ghost to be our chief prophet and teacher who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption and to be our only high priest who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us and makes continual intercession with the Father for us and also to be our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and who defends and preserves us in the enjoyment of that salvation he has purchased for us. I never noticed before the connection between Christ being called the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, with the fact that all three of his offices, prophet, priest, and king, were the anointed offices of the Old Testament. So thank you, Heidelberg Catechism, for making that clear. Like prophets... Priests and kings of old were anointed to their offices. Christ, the Heidelberg Catechism says, has been anointed by the Holy Spirit to all three offices. Prophet, priest, and king. And as the Lord wills, we are going to undertake for these final three Wednesday evenings in October to consider Jesus in each of those three offices. Prophet, priest, and and king and we begin tonight by considering Christ our prophet Christ our prophet and we'll make some observations concerning Christ's prophetic role from this passage that we read in Deuteronomy 18 and we'll make some observations about Christ our prophet from some other parts of scripture as well but let's begin now in Deuteronomy 18 by thinking about the role of a prophet that's the first of three headings tonight the role of a prophet. What was the function, what was the role of the prophets of old? And of course, therefore, what is the function of Christ in his role as prophet? Well, we get a good look at the role of a prophet here in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, where Moses speaks of a prophet to come in whose mouth God will put his own words and from whose mouth those words will go forth. And what Moses says here in the latter part of verse 18 about God's very words in the mouth of this prophet is true about every prophet. And thus these words at the end of verse 18 or the latter half or so of verse 18 give us a very clear statement not only about this particular prophet but about the role of prophets in general. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. That is the ministry of the prophet. God will put his words in the prophet's mouth and the prophet shall speak 
to the people all that God commands him. Now those words, again, at the second half of verse 18, were spoken about a specific prophet whose coming Moses is announcing here. But I say to you that these words could be spoken by God of every true prophet of his. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. That's what a prophet is, and that's what a prophet does. A prophet is a man who has God's words in his mouth and who speaks what God has commanded. A prophet is one who has God's words in his mouth and then who speaks what God has commanded, who speaks those words. And as the church has widely recognized the three offices of Christ, so she has also widely recognized two different sorts of prophecy, two different ways that the prophets spoke God's words, namely foretelling and forthtelling. Prophets foretell and they foretell. Foretelling is prophecy about the future. Foretelling, as the word itself indicates, is telling something before it happens. Foretelling. Foretelling is the announcing of God's word about what shall come to pass in the days that are ahead, as Moses is doing here in Deuteronomy 18, for instance, as he announces God's word about what shall come to pass, about the future coming of a prophet like himself. And we can think of other examples in which other prophets engage in foretelling as well. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Behold, a virgin will be with child. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. After me, John the Baptist said, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit foretelling, announcing God's words about what is to come. But then the prophet was not simply a man who foretold, but also a man who foretold. A man, in other words, who spoke God's words to the people, not only about the future, but about the here and now as well. A man who spoke to God's people about God's attributes, and God's ways, and God's truths, and God's expectations. So that the role of the prophet was not only sometimes to give the people God's words about the future, but often to engage in the more usual style of preaching, preaching doctrine, preaching ethics, preaching good news. The prophet told forth God's message about all sorts of things that God wanted his people to know and to believe and to be and to do. And of course, such foretelling forms a large portion of what Moses is doing in this book of Deuteronomy as a whole and in Moses' prophecy in general. In this book of Deuteronomy, for instance, he is reiterating the Ten Commandments in chapter 5. He's giving instruction in this next chapter, chapter 19, about cities of refuge and so on. Forthtelling, he's sharing God's will and God's ways with God's people. 
And of course, again, the other prophets, as they engage in foretelling, the other prophets also engage in this kind of foretelling as well. Joel chapter 2, Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. Sharing with them God's will that they return to the Lord and God's attributes, his grace, his compassion, his slowness to anger, his loving kindness, and his relenting of evil. Foretelling in Isaiah 1, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Foretelling God's forgiveness and God's expectation of the people. And God's blessing if they obey. What about Isaiah 58, forth telling? If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, foretelling God's ways for his people and God's blessing upon those who follow those ways. Or there is that famous foretelling instance in the mouth of Nathan the prophet when he spoke to David and said to him, you are the man. And so on we could go. The prophet is the man, as here in Deuteronomy 18, into whose mouth God puts his words, and from whose mouth God's words are spoken. And sometimes those words are after the manner of foretelling, telling something before it happens. And often the words of the prophets are words of foretelling, telling forth, speaking forth what God says for the here and now about himself and about his ways and about his expectations and about his gospel. And Moses, who is now nearing the end of his prophetic ministry, Moses has done this, hasn't he? He has done this foretelling and forthtelling. God has put his words in Moses' mouth, and Moses has spoken God's words to the people. He has foretold on God's behalf, and especially he has foretold God's words to the children of Israel. And now... Near the close of his life and ministry, he announces these words of God to the people about another prophet like himself who was to come. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Let me not see this great fire any more, or I will die. The Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. So we've considered the role of the prophet using verse 18b, 
these words about this specific prophet, using those words as a paradigm for really what the ministry of the prophets was in general. And having, having considered the role of the prophet in verse 18b, we now zoom out to consider this larger passage, from which passage we will zoom in on one prophet in particular, under our second heading now. So the role of prophet, and now one specific prophet, the prophet like Moses. The prophet like Moses. Moses says in verse 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. And the question we need to ask is, who is Moses speaking about in this prophetic foretelling that he's doing here? He announces the coming of a prophet, a prophet who will have God's words, verse 18, and who will speak God's words. A prophet who will be an Israelite, verses 15 and 18, who will come from your countrymen, Moses announces to this gathered crowd of Jacob's descendants. A prophet to whom the people must listen, verse 15. And one about whom God says in verse 19, if you don't listen to my words coming through this man's mouth, I will require it of you. I will hold you guilty. And the question is, who is this prophet? Who is God, through Moses, speaking about here in Deuteronomy 18? Well, there's a sense in which what God says here could be said of all the true prophets of God throughout the Old Testament. Because all the Old Testament prophets were Israelites, verses 15 and 18. All the Old Testament prophets had and spoke God's words, verse 18. All the Old Testament prophets were men to whom the people were required to listen, verse 15. And since the words of each of these true prophets were the words of God, well then, God would require it of a person, verse 19, who did not listen to his words through any one of the prophets, whether it was Isaiah or Jeremiah or Nathan or Elijah or whomever. And yet, though there is a sense that what God says here could be said of any one of the Old Testament prophets, and though God may have even intended that the Israelites make application of this passage to the words of all the prophets, yet we must also notice that God, through Moses, speaks here of a singular prophet in Deuteronomy 18, and not of the prophets, plural. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, verse 15. I will raise up, verse 18, a prophet from among their countrymen, verse 18. And that singular article, a, and that singular noun, prophet, surely mean that while the Israelites must definitely listen to all the prophets because all the prophets speak God's words, and while God may have even intended this passage to teach them that fact, yet the mention of a singular prophet, an individual prophet here in Deuteronomy 18, surely is an indicator that while God's people must listen to all the prophets because all the prophets speak God's words, yet this mention of a particular prophet surely indicates that God has one particular specific man in mind here 
And the comparison of this particular prophet to Moses, the greatest man of the Old Testament, is surely an indicator that God is foretelling the coming of a very great prophet here in Deuteronomy 18. Like all the prophets of old, this prophet will be an Israelite. Verse 15, verse 18. This prophet, like all the prophets of old, will both have and speak God's words, verse 18. And like all the prophets, the people will be required to listen to him, verse 15, or be held accountable, verse 19. But though this prophet is is like all the other prophets in this regard, God is not referring here to all the prophets specifically. He's referring to one particular prophet. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. And the prophet is going to be so great and so important in God's plan so as to be comparable with Moses himself. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses says in verse 15. And of course, this prophet like Moses is none other than our Jesus. Like Moses... He delivered the law of God to the people of God from a mountain, as we've been listening to him do on Sunday mornings in the Sermon on the Mount. And like Moses, and unlike any of the other prophets, Christ mediated the covenant of God to the multitude of God's people, didn't he? Jesus is the prophet like Moses. Jesus is the individual spoken of here in Deuteronomy 18. He is the Moses-like prophet. And tonight I want to emphasize the word prophet even more than Moses-like. We could emphasize his likeness to Moses, um, and that would be good. But tonight I emphasize the word prophet particularly. Jesus is our prophet. God raised him up from among the Israelites, verse 15 and 18, to have and to speak God's words. And God's people must listen to him or be held accountable. That is what it means to be a prophet, and that is what is specifically said about Christ, our prophet. He is our prophet. Now, it's true, and it's worth considering, that Jesus is the special prophet, that he is the prophet like Moses, who is foretold in this passage. And indeed, Hebrews makes it so clear that Christ is greater than Moses. But let's be careful that we understand what that does and doesn't mean. And along those lines, we must say that Christ's position as the unique Moses-like prophet here in Deuteronomy 18, and Christ's superiority even over Moses, Hebrews 3, Moses who did this foretelling in Deuteronomy 18, Christ's comparableness to Moses and his superiority to Moses does not mean that the red letters in your Bible are more important or more inspired or more valuable than the words of Moses or than the words of any of the other prophets. They're all the words of God, and equally so. It's true, Christ is a superior prophet, in comparison to the other prophets, and even in comparison to Moses, Hebrews 3. But he is superior to them, not in that he speaks more inspired 
or more valuable words, but that he who speaks the words is God himself. And in that he who speaks the words is not only prophet, like these other men, but also redeemer, savior. So the point this evening of showing that Deuteronomy is not only applicable to all the prophets, but that it is directly speaking about one specific prophet, and indeed about a prophet who is so great as to be mentioned in the same breath as Moses, the point of that narrowing down to this one prophet and that comparison of Christ with the other prophets is not to say that we should pay more attention to the red letters in our Bible, but is simply to show that this passage is specifically fulfilled in Christ, that this prophet is Christ, to show that Christ is indeed the one whom Moses was speaking about and whom the people were to hear and to obey. And then the point of showing that Christ is this prophet, that Christ is the one that is foretold here in Deuteronomy 18, is to show, therefore, that if Christ is the prophet of Deuteronomy 18, then Christ came into the world, yes, to live for the sin of his people, for the salvation of his people, to die for their sins, and to rise again on their behalf, all of that, yes, but to show also that he came as well to speak the word of God to his people and for them to listen, verse 15, to what he says. Christ came, yes, to be Savior, but he also came as our prophet, as the one who speaks God's words to us. And that brings us to our third and final point this evening. We've considered the role of the prophet and we've identified the prophet like Moses. And now finally, thirdly, let's think about listening to our prophet. Listening to our prophet. We've, we've demonstrated from Deuteronomy 18 that this prophet who was to come has come and that he is Christ. Christ is our prophet. And some people, as you may realize, some people may make the mistake of believing that Christ is just a prophet. And that is a mistake. And it's a very serious mistake, in fact. But I want to say to you, it is also a serious mistake if we who claim that Christ is more than a prophet do not actually accept him as our prophet. It is a serious mistake if we want Christ's salvation without his sermons. It is a significant error if we want Christ's washing without his words, if we want his cleansing without his commandments, if we want him to be priest but not prophet. Christ is our prophet. And we are told this not only in Deuteronomy 18, but by Christ himself in Matthew 13, 57, which you can look up perhaps on your own. And as our prophet, we are to receive through Christ not only forgiveness, which is 
true and wonderful, not only imputed righteousness, which we do receive through Christ marvelously, we are to receive through Christ not only eternal life, which he does grant and we're so thankful for, but we are, since Christ is our prophet, also to receive from him the words of God, the commandments, the sermons, the prophecy, the words of God. And not only God's words about eternal life or justification, but God's words about how we are to think and how we are to live as justified people in this life. What Moses says about Christ our prophet here in Deuteronomy 18 and about the words that he speaks must be taken seriously. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you and I will put my words, my words in his mouth and he shall speak To them all that I command him, it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. And that means that Christ's foretelling and his foretelling must be listened to and heeded by his people. Christ's foretelling in passages like the Sermon on the Mount in passages like the parable of the sower, in passages like the parable of the unforgiving servant, and so on, Christ's foretelling must be taken seriously. What he teaches us about God and his ways and his truth and his expectations and his gospel must be taken seriously. And so must Christ's foretelling about events yet future. We must take seriously what Christ says about his coming and his coming quickly and at an hour that you do not expect, and about his rendering when he comes to every man according to what he has done, Revelation 22. Christ, of course, is far more than a prophet. He is also our priest. He is our king. He is our lamb. And he is actually very God of very God, right? He's more than a prophet. But he is our prophet. He is the one in whose mouth God has placed his word and from whose mouth that word has gone forth and to whose teaching, therefore, we must give heed or God will require it from us. Christ's teachings are serious business. And so, while the red letters in our Bibles are not more inspired or more serious than any other of God's holy words, yet the red letters are inspired, just like the rest. And so we mustn't listen to the words of Jesus so familiar to us. We mustn't listen to the Sermon on the Mount, for instance, in the way in which the people of old listened to the words of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Ezekiel's words, God told the prophet were to his fellow citizens, quote, like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not practice them. And we mustn't listen to Christ like that, like a song on the radio that's beautiful, but that doesn't actually affect our living or our believing or our thinking. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's what we are doing in regard to the Sermon on the Mount series or in any other regard. I'm not suggesting 
that that is happening in your life or in the life of our church. I'm certainly not preaching on this subject tonight because I suspect somehow that we're listening to the Sermon on the Mount on Sundays like the people listen to Ezekiel in times gone by. But I'm saying it is a danger. It is a possibility. It is possible that some of us could be listening to Christ in that way, especially with beloved passages, well-known passages like the ones we're considering right now on Sunday mornings. There is a danger that the beauty and the familiarity of Jesus' teaching in places like the Sermon on the Mount and elsewhere could leave us subconsciously saying about Jesus' words what James Taylor said about the woman's words in his famous song, Something in the Way She Moves. You know that song? He says, this is flabbergasting, he says about this woman that he's singing about, crooning about, it isn't what she's got to say or how she thinks or where she's been. To me, the words are nice the way they sound. I like to hear them best that way. It doesn't much matter what they mean. She says they're mostly just to calm me down. And oh, brothers and sisters, Jesus' words must be much more vital than that. They are the very words of God and are thus authoritative and binding. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him." Then let us also say, before we finish, that these authoritative, binding, serious words, words for which we will be held accountable if we do not listen to them, let us also say that these words, the words of Christ and all the other words of Scripture too, let us say that these words, if we heed them, are life-giving words. They are freeing words. And not only because they speak to us of the blood of Christ and the forgiveness of sins and the promises of God, but also because even the commandments of God are not burdensome, 1 John 5, 3, but rather are liberating, James 1, 25. It is the law of liberty, James says, to walk in the law of God to heed the words of God written both in black ink and in red is to walk in freedom. And it's to walk in blessing as well. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth, and so on. Or in Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers." There is blessing and there is prospering in delighting in the law of God. And so let us listen to the prophets who give us that law. Let us listen to Christ, our prophet, and let us listen to all the other prophets as well and be blessed. 
Let us not think to have Christ's salvation without his sermons, his washing without his words, his cleansing without his commandments, his priesthood without his prophecy. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from among your countrymen. You shall listen to him.